everybody. Welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber, and today I'm going to be sharing with you an interview that I did with a client who went through my coaching program called From Dating to Exclusive, and she did create an exclusive relationship, and she's on today to share how she did that, the lessons that she learned, the mindset process that she used, and what our work entailed for her to be able to create the relationship that she wanted. Before we get into that, I want to share a few announcements with you. One is 15 minute sessions are back and spots are limited. And so if you are open to having a 15 minute coaching call with me that I will anonymously record and potentially share on the podcast for other people to benefit from as well, then you can head to my Instagram page and click the link in the bio to schedule that call. I think I just posted it on there. I think they all got booked up already, but there are new spots available each week. So it's definitely worth going there, checking to see if there are any spots available right now. Also, if you click that same link in the bio or the link in the show notes, you can download my free guide called Copy and Paste Texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. And the link for that guide is, like I said, in the show notes or in the link in my Instagram bio. If you are struggling to get out of the casual trap, if you are struggling to create a relationship, if you are having dates but they're not leading to anything serious, meaningful, and it's not becoming an exclusive relationship, then I have a coaching program for you. It's called From Dating to Exclusive, and I teach you how to go from dating to exclusive without playing games. So that means less anxiety, not overthinking everything, and increasing your chances of actually meeting somebody and actually creating a relationship from that connection. So there's a lot more that I can share about the program, but for now, if you're interested, you can check out the link in the show notes for more information and to enroll to get started in November. All right, let's get started with the interview. Welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. I'm so excited to have you on and I'm really excited to share your journey and everything that you have learned over the past four months since I've known you. So thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's just start by kind of reflecting on where you began when we first met. So we had a consult back in January Mm -hmm. and um, some of the things that I highlighted that you shared with me that you were wanting to work on were feeling more secure, um, not feeling so incredibly affected by dating, Mm -hmm. um, wanting to just feel more confident in yourself and not have insecurities getting in the way of your connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big one was speaking up and being able to define the relationship with the people that you were dating, um, as well as ultimately finding someone <laughs> to do that with. Um, so what is it like now for you to just kind of reflect on where you were four months ago with those goals, what was the state of mind that you were in at that time when you were reaching out? Um, my state of mind was 
very different than it is now. I feel like um, I had, I, I was feeling very anxious. I had just, um, I was seeing a guy who now, now I know was a 40% guy and um, which I've been, you know, which was, I feel like a pattern for me was kind of connecting with these guys that were 40% guys and um, just feeling really anxious kind of in our connection um, in general. And, you know, to the point where I wouldn't typically reach out to, to do this type of program. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and I found it really comforting just to hear stories that I could relate with. And I felt like, you know, you shared a lot of good tips and suggestions that I tried to actively use while I was listening to your podcast. And I was thinking about it for a few months. I know I'd reached out to you even before then. Um, but, you know, I, I had some hesitations just because I wasn't sure whether it was going to be helpful. And I wasn't sure that I could really make, um, I, I could really, there really could be a lot of change in this area within, you know, the short amount of time. Mm, yeah. Why did you have that doubt about the ability to create a lot of change in this area? I, I've never done any program like this before. And um, I feel like I have tried to sort of work on myself just by myself and not with any sort of like, you know, program to support me. And I, I think I rely too much on myself to help me through this mm -hmm. and to um, teach myself these skills. I think just put a lot of pressure on myself to, to help myself in this area. And maybe it was my pride or ego. Um, I'm not sure, but you know, it took me a while just to kind of accept like, okay, like I need, I need some sort of like um, just extra support with this. Yeah. Or advice. Yeah. Actually, I do remember you specifically talking about the four months and like four months, that seems like such a short time. Um, and then it's funny because yesterday we had our last group call and we were kind of sharing what we learned um, over that time. And you were <laughs> sharing for several minutes, like, <laughs> oh, and we were joking that it's like a full course load. Um, <laughs> like you named so many little tiny things shifts and things that you learned over the four months. So it really is like a semester, like a dating semester. Mm -hmm. um, and you can stuff so much in <laughs> during that time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. also like you are a mental health professional. I am. Um, and so I can imagine that when you are a mental health professional, I, at least speaking for myself, um, like knowing a lot of coaching tools, I sometimes also fall into that trap of thinking that I should already know how to deal with this problem or I should be able to get through this on my own because I read all the books and I have all the tools and what more do I need? Um, yeah. But just processing through things with other people is so important. Um, and not only like the two of us working together, but also the group and the support of other people who are going through it at the same time and what you learn from their questions. And um, like everybody that you work with has something new to mm -hmm. offer to your tool belt. Um, so I can imagine that that probably may have been coming up in some way as well. 
Oh yeah, that 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 is exactly what was coming up. I think, um, yeah, that whole thought of sort of like I should know this, like I should have the tools for this, like I I help my clients with you know relationship issues, so why can't I solve my own? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely um, came up for me, and I think uh, contributed to my hesitancy of signing up for the program. Yeah. And um, also from my personal experience, it's a lot easier to help other people with relationship <laughs> issues. Yes, it is. <laughs> than my own. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the first step, which was letting go of the 40% guy. So you said that this was a pattern for you. And what, were, what are some of the symptoms of being in a connection with the 40% guy, like one thing that you mentioned was you would feel really anxious. Um, What else, what was your experience of being in these 40% relationships? Yeah, anxiety was definitely the main symptom. Um, I feel like it was anxiety, confusion, a lot of self-doubt, insecurity. Um, I just you know, questioned everything I was doing and whether or not, you know, I was doing things right. Um, And I feel like I was really just trying to do things in a way to to keep this connection. Like I was really in my head Mm -hmm. that it was a bit paralyzing. I can, I know that a lot of people can relate to that because it's also kind of the, where we get into the game playing of, um, when somebody is the 40% guy or 10% guy, we think if we can just get it right and figure out the equation, and especially when it's so inconsistent, where sometimes they're really into you and sometimes they do show up and you think, what did I do to create that? Like, I want more of that. Why doesn't he always show up that way? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you spend the rest of the relationship trying to figure out what were those buttons that got me that um result from this person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can create, get you really into your head, trying to figure out how to make that happen again with that person. Um, mm-hmm. So how did you, like what shifted in your mindset that gave you to cur- the courage to walk away from this connection? Well, I remember talking with you. Um, I had just kind of also listened to your or or watched your video on the 40% guy. Um, I didn't even know that existed or I didn't, I didn't really, hadn't heard of that term. Um, um, But once I heard sort of the, the signs of a 40% guy, I felt like I could, that totally resonated with my situation. And I remember talking with you and you were saying, okay, I think, First, like the first step is going to be like letting go of this connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just feeling unsure mm-hmm. in terms of like whether that's something I really wanted to do. Um, still holding on to the hope yeah. that I remember still holding on to the hope that, you know, um, he was going to show up in a different way all of a sudden or just holding on to the hope that, you know, I could fix this connection in a way or keep this connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really hesitant. I remember that. Yeah. And I think I also remember that there was some scarcity, like which there often is with the 40% guy where 
maybe we do have so much fun with that person or there is really amazing chemistry and to let that go mm-hmm. um, when we don't trust that we can recreate it and not only recreate it, but have more with another person is really difficult. Um, so from my perspective, I know like the main thing in that first session, um, as we were talking about that was realizing that if your main emotions are hope and Mm -hmm. confusion and anxiety, and then brief moments of relief from the anxiety when they do show up randomly, um, like noticing that those are all negative feelings Mm -hmm. because sometimes we confuse them for positive ones. Like we think hope is a positive emotion and it keeps us going, but in the right connection, we like, for example, in your relationship right now, is hope an emotion that comes up for you a lot? Or is it just like happiness with what is right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't need to hold on to this hope because, um, yeah, it's happiness is, is feeling content with what is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we are actually in a satisfying relationship, those aren't the main emotions that are coming up. We don't feel like relief because nothing was withheld from us. We don't feel confused because the person's showing up and we don't feel like, or hope is a very small part of it because um, we're content with the way things are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you let go of the 40% guy, that's when you got really into the mindset work. So part of the program is a daily mindset process. Um, and it's the daily work. And I, I um, kind of tweaked it from my business coach um, because it completely changed my life. And yeah. I applied it to dating. So you do it every single day. And you did do it every single day. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about what the impact was of just managing your mind every day and working on your mindset every day. Yeah, I, I committed to just doing this practice every day. Um, so every every morning, well, most, I mean, maybe there were a couple days I skipped. But every morning I would, um, I had a notebook that I used and I would follow the worksheet that was included in the program where it was asking sort of, you know, what is your ideal vision for dating? And I would set my intention for what it was. And then, um, you know, the next question was asking like, well, what is your, you know, what is your brain telling you? Um, Why this isn't possible? And so I would really put thought into thinking about sort of just automatically what my, what my mind was telling me, like why this wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think it was the active sort of work of just challenging it through um, asking myself, you know, what would I say to a friend to comfort them? Like, how can I comfort, you know, this thought or my brain with this thought? Um, I remember was also on the worksheet and I liked that. Um, And I would write that down. Everything, I feel like I process things better when I'm writing. So um, to really take in things. So I'd write down sort of what what I would say to myself to comfort myself. Then, um, you know, sort of what is it that I wanted to practice that day? And I would set sort of a daily practice that I would keep in mind each day um, related to dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 
I did that. I did that every day. I feel like, um, even on days when I felt just really discouraged, even on days when I just did not believe it at all, I was like, okay, this is something that I'm just going to commit to doing. Cause this is, I feel like your mindset is so important, um, in terms of, you know, creating sort of the goal that you want. And, and I just kind of saw this as a goal for me. Like this is the one I wanted in my life. And, um, it wasn't really an option, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just saw it as like homework for me to do mm-hmm. in a way. And um, I noticed that with repetition, you know, with a lot of repetition, it would get a little bit easier in that like I would, I would notice myself writing down the same thoughts, writing down the same challenges, mm-hmm. um, comforting myself the same way. But with repetition, it really does start to feel differently it does start to feel more true Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it it feels stronger it's like working a muscle where you know you 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 train for it and you're going to feel stronger with practice the same thing with this like writing exercise Mm -hmm. and that's so important because what people don't realize is your doubt thoughts are just thoughts you practice a lot So maybe you got some feedback or some evidence at some point in your life that created a negative belief for you, like men don't want relationships or Mm. I'm not good enough or et cetera, et cetera. And then you practice that thought and you think it every day and you think it so much, you're doing the repetition without noticing it Mm -hmm. until it becomes an ingrained belief. And then when you're thinking that way, it affects how you show up in dating. So for example, if you think men don't want relationships and I'm not good enough for anybody to choose me, then of course you're going to date the 40% guy. Mm -hmm. Like that makes perfect sense in your world to accept that if you have these doubt beliefs that are really strong and practiced in your mind. So with the daily work, you're building the other side of your mind. You're building the thoughts that you want to have. You're planting the seeds in your mind that you want to see grow. Mm -hmm. And then that starts to shift the way that you feel and the way that you show up in dating, which then leads to new results that confirm those thoughts. But it's really difficult because it's backwards, where first you're working really hard every day to believe something new before you created the new evidence for it. Um, And that's where it's tough to really stick with it until you start to create the evidence and believing before you see the evidence for it. So what were some of your main doubt thoughts? And that question is, um, so the question in the worksheet is like, what, what, what's your brain saying today? (laughs) Our brain, every single, we have a goal. Our brain's going to tell us every single day that we can't do it. So what, what's the news today? What's it saying? Um, Cause we just assume like brains always give us doubt, especially when we have a goal, especially when it's outside of our comfort zone. So what were some of those main stories that were coming up for you? Yeah. Um, a lot of doubts. I think, um, I think just thoughts of like, you know, thoughts saying that I'm, I am flawed. Like I'm not, Good enough, you know. I, um, you know, because part of my daily intention was, you know, being feeling more relaxed and being my authentic self, and 
you know, my objection was like, oh, my authentic self is flawed. Like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not possible to date while I'm feeling anxious or I'm too, I'm, I feel too anxious to, to feel relaxed. Um, mm-hmm. It was just thoughts of around dating, like dating isn't enjoyable. Dating, you know, is hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of those types of thoughts, but a lot of just kind of like, I think, thoughts that fuel insecurities where it's just like, you know, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, was I think a daily sort of theme that I noticed. Yeah. And what was your, like now, what is your main belief or response to the thought that your authentic self is flawed? Cause that's such a painful one. Like, I feel like that's the most painful thing that we can believe about ourselves. So in working on that, how do you think about yourself now? Yeah, I think like when I was working with that, you know, I kind of argued like everyone has their flaws. Like it's nobody is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we are all sort of unique individuals with our own strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, um, so nobody is really, I mean, like my authentic self is, not flawed you know it's it's Mm -hmm. what makes me who i am um and it what what makes me feel sort of the most present and just myself you know Mm -hmm. if i'm not myself with somebody then i i don't feel so fulfilled in that connection or i don't feel uh sincere or genuine yeah what i'm hearing there is rather than like immediately fighting it and like being like, no, I'm perfect. Um, It was actually more coming from acceptance of aligning with that thought. Like, yeah, when I'm being my most expressed version of myself, that version of me does have some flaws Mm because we all do. (laughs) And that's actually okay, but it doesn't, like what I'm hearing there is that doesn't have to prevent me from giving or receiving love or having a fulfilling connection with somebody Um, and that you get to be all of you and not just like the perfect version of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it took down the pressure to be this like perfect version. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then another big skill that came up was um, especially coming up with your now partner was Mm -hmm. speaking up for what you want, what you don't want, and especially for exclusivity. Um, So in the past, speaking up, and I think even like probably currently, it's still like taking courage from you to be able to speak up. Um, What do you feel like some of your blocks were around speaking up? Like why were you not speaking up when you didn't want something or weren't ready for something? And why were you not asking for what you did feel ready for, such as being exclusive? I think the main block was um, just fear of of losing that connection, fear that that was going to freak the other person out or, you know, they were, it would just sort of change our whole dynamic um, because it has happened in the past, but this is usually, this this has been with the 40% guys where I have brought it up after many months, <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is over, you know, like five months and I hadn't said anything. 
Mm-hmm. So even after, even after five months and I would finally bring it up and um, it has happened in the past where it totally just shifted our connection. Um, I have had guys who do freak out in a way or just don't know what to mm-hmm. say or kind of like divert or redirect the conversation. And it's really awkward. Like, mm-hmm. So I haven't had very positive experiences in the past with speaking up about, especially with being like exclusive or especially yeah. with just, you know, where are we, where are we, you know, where's this going types mm-hmm. of questions. Yeah. And so it took us four weeks, <laughs> right? <laughs> About, or four sessions at least, yeah. um, where you started to feel like you were ready to be exclusive with this person because all of the five elements were there. He was showing up in such a great way. Um, and then this fear was coming up. So what was that experience for you to like build up the courage to speak up and like, how did that go? <laughs> yes. Like you said, it took <laughs> four weeks or four sessions. I remember going into all the weekly check-ins and, and being afraid to tell you that I hadn't done it yet. <laughs> but um, I think the longer I waited, <laughs> the more afraid of it I got. And so I just got to the point where I... I think I just didn't want to feel that way anymore. And I realized like, okay, you know, um, it's more telling, you know, depending, you know, whatever response I get, like I I will be glad that at least I have clarity versus Mm -hmm. not knowing. And however this person responds, you know, I'll be able to manage, you know, I, I may feel hurt, I may feel disappointed, but I'll still be able to manage and, and it will save me from, you know, it will save me from spending, investing all of my time and energy into this person mm-hmm. you know, going forward. Yeah. And um, yeah, what I'm hearing there is like starting to value the clarity over um And like just noticing how uncomfortable it is to be in that limbo. Mm -hmm. Um, Because very often it's not even that other people put us in that position. It's that we put ourselves in that position by just not being willing to speak up for ourselves. Um, So we will end up in a five-month connection with somebody where we were in limbo and then finally speak up and it's a no from the person and then we're upset with that person. Because we're like, you put me in limbo, but we kind of were just going along with something that didn't feel right. Um, so what was this person's reaction when you did bring it up? Oh, my goodness. He was, you know, to my surprise, he was <laughs> very, like, responsive. Like, he was, he didn't freak out at all. It was just kind of... Um, he was surprised I brought it up because he said that if I hadn't brought it up, he probably would have brought it up, you know, a few weeks down the road of seeing each other. But um, he was happy. He actually like thanked me for, for, you know, asking him um, or telling him kind of like where I was and how I felt. And um, just that I let him know that like, you know, I just want to, I would like to continue dating you, you know, um, dating just you, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do you feel about that? And he was, 
he was really happy that I brought it up and was like, yeah, I think that that sounds great. Like, I also would like to date just you. And, you know, was really, yeah, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. But he like thanked me, first of all, to like bring it up. He was like, well, thank you so much for like bringing that up. So I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so it really was a shock to me because I think I was expecting just what I've received in the past. Yeah. It was more surprising I, in that yeah. way. One thing that I think is important to note as well is um, potentially, I don't know all of the past experiences, but one thing that I see frequently and what can contribute towards things not going well with that conversation is with this person, you had the filter before you even asked for them to have all five elements and for them to be showing up fully to the connection already mm-hmm. versus often. Um, with the 40% guy or the person we were dating for five months but never spoke up, that's usually the person who wasn't showing up fully to the connection, doesn't have all five elements, and we're asking for exclusivity to get more from them yeah. um, versus to just expand on the great thing that's already there. So when we have those filters in place and those high standards from the beginning of we will only ever ask somebody to be exclusive if they have all five elements, Mm -hmm. Um, then we're much more likely to actually have a positive experience with that conversation because it's in alignment with the actual quality of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Just having, just, just knowing sort of those five elements and feeling like they really, that he really fit in those areas or this connection really fit in those areas gave me more um, clarity in terms of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, and, and not basing it on kind of what response I would get, but knowing like, this is what I wanted. And if he doesn't feel the same way, then, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so you did meet this awesome person and it's going really well. Um, and I also know that uh, during the process, the throughout the four months before you met this person, there were times where you were very discouraged with the dating process and the people that you were meeting. And mm-hmm. um, that comes up for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. That's normal. And what would you say to yourself before you met this person in one of those moments where you were feeling low or discouraged? Like, what do you wish you had known or remembered during that time? I would tell myself, regardless of the outcome, like, I'm going to take this experience as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's hopefully bringing me closer to finding the right person. Yeah. And I really do think that was true for you because during your experience of dating before you met this person, you were working on various skills. Like, I mean, we've talked about some of the main ones of like letting go of the 40% guy, speaking up, et cetera. But you were also working through some general social anxiety Mm-hmm. That would also come up on dates. Yeah. Um, so having all of those experiences of going on video dates and in-person dates and practicing being yourself and working through the thoughts that make you feel restricted or anxious, that was all necessary before you met this person. So of course, there's like a natural connection with the person that you're with now. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you opened yourself up more 
and were able to be the best version of yourself by the time that you met this person because of all of the duds <laughs> that you dated before. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were good practice in a way, like the practice that I needed to feel more comfortable. So I think like, so by the time I met that person, I did have that practice. Right. Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners of the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast and um, the people that are still in the dating phase and also have the goal of finding an amazing partnership? Yeah, I think I um, would want to share just that it's, it's possible to find the right connection. I think that our mindset and the thoughts that we create are so powerful in being able to reach our goals. And we have just a lot more agency in reaching our goals than we think. And that's why I love the daily work process because it, that's the process to like set your, um, the direction that you want to go like with the daily work every day you decide what is the direction that I'm going and how can I change my thoughts to bring me there mm -hmm. um, which you took that job very seriously <laughs> and you have the result to show for it so <laughs> I'm like which other daily work should I do yeah. <laughs> I continue this one so. totally <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited for your connection. And I know that this is going to be helpful to so many people. And thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate all of, the, all of your help and support throughout all of this. 